Welcome, my friends, to another episode of Is That Really Legal? with Eric Rubin. Today, um, I'm talking to Tal Schulman, who is a professional actor and a Canadian. <laughs> Those things are not mutually exclusive. Um, I didn't really know Tal before we started talking, although I sort of met him when I saw him in a production at the Stratford uh, Theatre Festival in Stratford, Ontario. We talk about that. We talk about his acting career. But also, it's Pride Month, so we talk about his experience being a gay man and his support of everyone in the LGBT, etc. community, including trans people. And we talk about trans people a little bit, even though neither of us are trans, um, because we're voicing our support. And um, I think now more than ever, it's important to realize that we all deserve to be treated well. We're all human beings. We all have tremendous potential. We all have something to give to this society. And we're not uh, free unless we're all free, you know? So we're not all respected unless we're all respected. Um, Like I said, it's Pride Month. And as I had said earlier, gonna be a little more political this year. Here at Is That Really Legal with Eric Rubin, you can go to isthatreallylegal.com. Leave me a message if you want to know more about what we're doing here, if you want to suggest people to talk to. Also, Abe's Muffins, they taste great and um, they're allergen-free, so you want to throw those in your face and enjoy them. But right now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with the talented Tom Schulman. Tal Showman, welcome to Is That Really Legal with Eric Rubin. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here all the way from Toronto, Canada. It's a long, long journey. <laughs> Are you in fact in Toronto right now? I am currently downtown Toronto, yeah. Wow, and I see that I think I'm not the first time you've been recording because you've got like a fort set up, which looks like you do for other auditions or maybe voice work. <laughs> Yeah, so I do mostly voice work these days. So I usually have all of this set up in my closet, but I thought that we should come out of the closet for this experience. So I'm not even sure if it is helping in any way, but I'm trying. It sounds fine to me. And okay, I great. just do the audio, not the video. You look fabulous, but <laughs> it's not the it's other the people. It's just going to be us that see each other. Um, so... I, well, I'm going to take us through a whole journey, or you'll take us through a whole journey, uh, but um, just by way of background, I only know you from seeing one live performance, and then I kind of looked for you and at you online after, because right. I was so taken by your performance. And this is, for people who aren't actors, I don't know if they'll get it, but... Um, so I saw you in what was one of my all-time favorite live performances, which was um, the Shakespeare, um, oh, I'm blanking on it now, great. Shakespeare in Love. Thank you. Shakespeare in Love, yeah. the stage play uh, at the Stratford Festival in Stratford, Ontario, which I believe went on to Broadway or it was supposed to and didn't. And I never Yeah, well, that. I'm. <laughs> it's very nice of you to say those kind words. Um, I don't think you were in the majority, <laughs> so it was not picked up for Broadway. Uh-huh. But um, 
I found that show to be remarkable. And my wife and I went to the festival. I've been there many times. It was the yeah. only time I went with uh, my wife, Holly. And we ended up getting tickets for that show very last minute. It wasn't, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it just wasn't on my list. Like I wanted to see Chorus Line really badly, which I did. And it which was, was awesome. so good. So good. <laughs> um, and I want people to hear about your journey and about what Stratford's like and about the life of a working actor and a Canadian for that matter. But um, I just wanted to say that sometimes this, it's a really fine line when you have a small part to not steal focus, but to also really live the part. Right. And the part that you played was a writer who had not been famous yet, who was kind of behind the scenes. But can you remind me what the name of the, it's a real life character. Yeah, it was John Webster. And John, John Webster wrote some pretty dark stuff, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> and the, the few lines that you had and the few actions that you had were really dark and effed up, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of like an in-joke, like a writer, like classical actor sort of in-joke that it, like at the end it was John Webster because <laughs> the whole time he was playing with knives. I think in the movies, like playing with rats, like skinning them or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty, it's dark, but it's it's comically dark. And um, of course, some of the other people in the show were quite famous, at least for Stratford people. They were, and again, I'm going to forget, but one of the people is in the series Slings and Arrows. That's um, uh, uh, Stephen Oymet. Thank yeah. you. Who is a great actor. I've seen him in other things, I believe. I don't remember everything I've seen. And, and for people who don't know what I'm talking about, rent it or buy it. There was a series uh, that was produced probably by Canadian television and was on PBS here in America called Slings and Arrows, which was loosely based on the Stratford Festival. That's right. Yeah. Rachel and, McAdams is in it. Yeah. And it's really smart because every season, several seasons, um, is... There's one particular Shakespeare play, and there are several in the background because it is a festival. But there's one that the the basis of the play actually starts happening, or there's a tie-in between reality and the play. For instance, in the Scottish play, I'm just going to say Macbeth, there's a ghost. Right. And, I mean, it's just that kind of thing. It's really yeah. It's really sweet. And it's a really affectionate portrayal of actors and the festival. And it's smart, which is something that... It's is so smart, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wanna... At Stratford... Yeah. Go ahead. At please. Stratford, a lot of people um, say how... Or not a lot of people. I heard this once. <laughs> that um, the play sort of plays itself out in the rehearsal hall as well. That's sort of like a thing that happens. Like for me, I was like kind of weird and off to the side. And that's sort of like the role I played in the rehearsal hall as well as on stage. So right. it's funny how how that show, Slings and Arrows, sort of ties that sort of idea into its premise. That, that was not the only show you did during the year, right? No, that year I also did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right, so I'm gonna get to all of that, but I'm gonna <laughs> now take us all the way back to the beginnings. So where did you grow up? So I grew up in Marco, which is 
maybe 25 minutes north of Toronto um, yeah. in Canada. Yeah, that's where I grew up. And I'm going to say that based on your name, you're a member of the tribe like me, that there's a Jewish <laughs> yeah, background. Yeah, I'm Jewish. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My mom <laughs> is Moroccan-Israeli, and my dad is uh, Canadian, sort of British, white situation. Gotcha. <laughs> um, because I also saw an audition tape of yours where you play, play a young doctor on... Oh. I did a deep dive. You did. (laughs) And you auditioned for the role of a, I think it was a surgeon, maybe it was just an emergency room doctor who um, was Hasidic and no longer is Hasidic. And I really enjoyed your audition. I don't know if you got that part. Thank you. I have no, I did not get that part. Uh, But it it reminded me of um, a show that was on Netflix I think we've all seen everything this year with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was called Orthodox. And it was this woman. Oh, unorthodox. Unorthodox. Thank you. Of course, it was called Orthodox. She would have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Unorthodox. <laughs> and uh, spoiler alert, people. Um, she comes from a Hasidic group in Williamsburg, even though I believe it was shot in Germany, the whole thing I read. Oh, yeah. But um, I won't tell people any more other than it's an interesting insight into a world that's actually not far from where I live in Brooklyn. I live in what we call, and I'm not trying to be a snob because I lucked into this apartment, but I live like in a movie star neighborhood. Like uh, James Bond lives around here. Um, I've walked by Michael Shannon. um, That's so cool. Terry Russell. I know. Well, Brooklyn became cool right around the time I moved back. So Luckily, my wife bought it a long time ago, and now we're cool by association. But Williamsburg is- You're cool on your own, right? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, So you grew up, young Jewish kid, in suburban Toronto? In suburban Toronto, yeah. There's um, the, like, main Jewish suburb of Toronto is called Thornhill. Mm -hmm. Um, And my parents are a bit, like, older. Uh, Like, they came from a generation that, that came to to the suburbs sort of before Thornhill was a thing. So it was, they were a little bit on the outskirts of that like main Jewish suburb, but uh, it was for a time very Jewish. It's mm-hmm. no longer very Jewish. Um, yeah. And did you do the, the usual public school kind of stuff? Nothing yeah, so remarkable or? For elementary school, I did uh, like Jewish private school, like day school. Uh, it was not for me, um, and I learned that, um, and so I switched. My mom actually like insisted that I audition for like the arts high school when I was finishing up at that elementary school. I auditioned for the arts high school, and that's sort of where it all where it all went down, where it all happened. So, like the Toronto version of Fame. That's right. Yeah, we the the Markham version of Fame. Okay, Markham. <laughs> What what led her or you or both or anyone to think that's where you needed to be? Yeah, I mean, were you performing uh, in school plays? Yeah, so for sure. I uh, I was like a weird kid. I was a super super weird kid, and sort of the only time that I came out of my shell or or did anything that like even made me seem happy was when I was doing the like school musicals and stuff. And I, I don't sing well, um, but uh, that was sort of where I got my footing, at, like 
professionally, but also like as a human, because I like didn't really feel like I fit, didn't really feel as though I fit in anywhere else. Um, sure. And I think my mom recognized that I didn't really know a world outside of like the Thornhill bubble, the like Jewish bubble. Um, so I'm really grateful that she was like, Tal, there's a whole nother world out there that you can be a part of. I think that people who travel, and I, I've just been talking to some other people about this, I feel like traveling is like getting a whole other degree where whatever you studied, when you travel and you see that other people live other ways, and I know that sounds simplistic, but for instance, I have European friends who don't want to own a car. They could give a rat's butt about ever becoming a millionaire. That's right. not even close to a priority. They're like, they love their small apartment because it's pretty and has a view. And they bike to the train station, leave one bike there, and then they have another bike that's in town that <laughs> that's they use right. for city stuff. That's like, right. You would not know that was even a thing unless you saw people do that. Right. Just exactly. as a small example. And your mom, of course, grew up on a different continent. Completely different. Yeah. Well, and I'm guessing because of being a Moroccan Jew with a completely different perspective on the world, um, that uh, that's great that uh, she saw that and, and actually uh, encouraged you. Um, I had a, well, I didn't have anything remotely similar, but I found <laughs> that when I was in high school and I got cast in the high school musical and I stepped backstage and I smelled this sort of dusty, weird theater smell and lights <laughs> and people were doing certain things. I was like, oh crap, I'm in church. This is my church. That's I didn't, right. Synagogue yeah. was weird for me too. Old men speaking in a language I didn't understand. Everybody's very sad. How did I become a man of 13? <laughs> I don't you know. It's like very, it's a lot of crazy. It's a lot uh, of crazy. For, from my point of view. Um, yeah. And it's funny. Um, I've talked several times with other Jewish people on the show that I have this absolute lie in my head that I'm a Jewish because I don't go to temple and I don't really believe certain things or whatever. But I'm also incredibly Jewish. I know, and it's really crazy that like, I don't, I mean, I don't do anything Jewish, nothing Jewish. But first of all, I look Jewish. My name is Jewish. Like, I, I, it's so tricky. I know we've, I've heard Jewish people talk about this my whole life of like, it's more than a religion. It's less than a race. Like, it's some weird thing. <laughs> Identity. Yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, we're lucky It'll sound arrogant to some, and I guess we'll just have to live with it. Which is funnier? Which is funnier? We already have a leg up on the funny, I feel. <laughs> I think so. Um, we're have, on the other side of some very dark things. And when you're on the other side of some dark things, you get funny. Right. I think that we're funny because people earlier in our lineage had horrible things happen to them. So That's we get, yeah. yeah. So they're like, you know, they're the people that had the hot soup spilt in their lap and we get to make the joke about it yes <laughs> to be really old school L lucky Jewish. us yeah. <laughs> um so did you think was there ever ever a situation where you're like well this is fun and i hope to do this but i have to have like a day job or i have to have a plan b or like we're going <sighs> to go to law school anyway or whatever you want because i did go to law school because i wanted to and i have had that sort of parallel life but that's not yeah. for everybody some people don't pursue the arts and then regret it 
Some people pursue it and are like, I never looked back. I never had a plan B. So you're making a lot of faces. So you got things to say. So I want to hear them. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned law school. At the very beginning of the pandemic, I was like, F this. And I bought that like LSATs prep test. And I did. And I, I have considered getting a master's in uh, social working and uh, psychotherapy or like psychology, like counseling psychology. Um, and those things like still are in my sphere. You know, I don't think, I think if the pandemic taught me anything, it's that like, I can't just be an actor. Like I can't, like, that can't be my whole identity, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not it's my whole job or my whole source of income. It's just like I, I, putting all of my uh, life's work really into a career that got shut down like that that was so unessential right off the bat, you know. Um, right. I mean, Patty Lapone was told <laughs> yeah. to leave at intermission or something. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's Yeah, exactly. I was. mean, it. yeah. And so it has given me a lot of time to reflect. And yes, the like other job, the like, what am I going to do for money thing has plagued me because I have had all of those like Starbucks jobs and, um, yeah, serving and, and cater waitering and all of these things that just like, for some people, they come alive doing those things. I do not. Like, they are not for me. And God bless the people that can do it. I, I can't stand people. I can't. I just can't do it. It's just not for me. And to think of the things I'm qualified to do, it's pretty limited. I mean, did you go to college for just the arts or? Yeah, I went for, I got a, a BFA in, in acting. And did, did you do that in Canada? I did at Ryerson University. Yeah. Gotcha. Because you said LSATs and I thought, well, that's American law school. Was that a thought oh, about coming I think everybody has to do I think everybody, all lawyers have to do it, don't they? I, I don't know what Canada's rules are. For all I know, yeah. you just have to like skin a beaver. Like I have <laughs> such a no sense of what Canadians. No, that was do. my bar mitzvah. <laughs> that's great um no i mean i've been to canada quite a few times and in fact wanted to go now um apparently i'm not allowed in canada i've had my shots like like uh a pet Uh, i've had my shots i have a certificate but i went online i can't go to montreal or toronto or any of the places i want to go i think that all the borders are closed i think you can fly in no oh still no 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 americans anyway you have to pay a two thousand dollar fine, and they put you up in a hotel, but you like are allowed in. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound as appealing as say, you know, walking around. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And you me. don't want to come to Canada right now. We are locked down. We've been locked down for a year. There is no sign of the lockdown ever ending. I've had you know, one shot. I have no idea when I'm going to get my second shot. Like, I have. You know, Canadians are known for a few stereotypical things, and and I have an experience of them. Pretty cheerful, pretty humorous. They, you guys have lost your sense of humor, and I don't blame you. I I, uh, I feel run down, like seeing like you're in New York, right? I saw yes. like we're gonna be fully open in July, and I'm like, ah. I'm sorry. Look, I, there are some people here who think we shouldn't be. Other people who think we should have been already. Right. You know, I live a few blocks away from an old folks home where 55 people died, like in the first month. Like, so I, and there oh, was wow. like a makeshift morgue outside, you know, like a refrigerated truck. 
So I'm really clear that this is not a joke and it's not some kind of government conspiracy. You know, this is a, a problem. Um, right. I'm grateful to have both shots. Um, but I just, look, uh, I love Canada and I look forward to going up there again sometime soon. And I hope you guys can get get it together soon. I don't know I how saw, we passed you. <laughs> yeah, I saw a joke that like our premier, which is like our governor of right. Ontario is Doug Ford. And there was a joke online that was like, Doug Ford took the only thing Canadians have away from us, which is looking down on Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Like looking down on their healthcare system, he took that away from us. Yeah, we we finally, you know, it's funny. A lot of us who voted for Joe Biden were just as long as he's not the other guy who. That's right. Right, but then we got this surprise. He's actually good. I've been, actually I've been liberal. following, and that is my that's been my experience too. Of like, whatever, as long as it's not him, the transition candidate of it all. But then watching that like joint address to Congress and all of the things that he's been doing is like, oh, oh, he's kind of a T. Like, he's kind of great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like the, the blind date you always hoped you would get. Yeah, like, yeah. I, he's cute enough. And then, oh my God, <laughs> this is really great. Oh, oh, can, you can like I me? See you again? Can I see yeah. you again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when you, you know, in... I don't know how Canada works, and I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, I understand there's leaders versus gallons, but but in terms of how it works for artists, like when you leave a well-known drama school here in the U.S., there tend to be auditions for agents. Um, and then if you're not in as good a program, you hit the streets and you audition and you start going through the process. There's three cities in America where an actor can really get work and live as an actor. I know some people may disagree with this, but this is just truth as I see it. New York, possibly Chicago, and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Now, Los Angeles is a real, like, it's just about show business. And what you talked about with sort of the mental health of being able to do other things and get away from just being an actor, you can't do that in LA. Like, the people the people pumping gas will hand you their latest screenplay. <laughs> right. In New York, when I've been an actor, like I go out with friends who do literally anything. New York is a city where people do everything. So yeah. some people are actors, but you're, you know, you can be not an actor in New York City or be an actor in New York City and right. do it, you know, do four auditions in a day with no problem hitting the subway between each one. In LA, maybe two auditions because you're driving so right. such a distance. Um, but and Chicago has a scene, or whatever. But when you graduated, did you go? It's Toronto because that's showbiz in Canada. Is that yeah? Great question. Works? So yeah, so I've never really lived anywhere else besides Toronto. So uh, I had never really considered it to be honest. Uh, and like things like London, England, and. New York and LA have been on my mind, you know. I mean, sure. it's possible. It's impossible for those things not to be on your mind when you're an actor, right? Um, but within Canada, yeah. So when I graduated, I went. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move somewhere else. I'm gonna leave Toronto. Um, and but the, we yeah we had like this thing called Theater Ontario, which yeah I hope it continues. Which is like all of the theater schools in Ontario did a, a showcase where you did two monologues for like every casting director 
every agent, maybe I'm exaggerating, but many. Sure. Um, and, and from there I, I got my first agent and, and that's how I sort of was like, okay, I should stay like where, how it's never going to be this easy to find an agent again kind of thing. So, uh, I did stay and I stayed a long time. I am moving. So it's funny you should ask. Um, where are you going to go? I'm going to go to Vancouver. Another it's, great entertainment yeah. town. Yeah. So if Toronto is our New York, our New York's ugly cousin, <laughs> Then Vancouver is Los Angeles's version of that. So it's right. like mostly filmed. Most of the work in Vancouver is is um, California based, and we're just cheaper. Um, and so, I, if if my goal is to live in Los Angeles, if that's if that's the thing that I want to get to, because of visas and citizenships and all of that. Vancouver sure. is the next sort of step for that. Right. And so I'm like taking the plunge June 1st. I'm going to try. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. The other sort of acting city in Canada is Montreal, but uh, it's mostly French. And I don't really like Montreal, to be honest. Don't come for me. <laughs> There's one French show that we watched that we totally ate up. And oh, yeah. Um, and oddly enough, it's called Call My Agent. Oh, I've seen that on Netflix. Like, I've seen the... I recommend it. Thumbnail, yeah. Um, because it's got a lot of great stuff going for it. Um, my There's a group of agents in a small agency. Oh, and yeah. they represent real French actors. Like, the people who play the actors are well-known French actors. So uh -huh. one of them is this redhead, and I'm like, wait, and, and they're very fun because they're really going for it as being either snobby or crazy or right. what. And this redhead, I'm like, why do I know her? Because there was this French movie called The Intouchables, oddly enough, about um, a guy who's in a wheelchair who's very wealthy and a sort of criminal type of guy who takes care of him, which is also, by the way, I highly recommend that movie. Yeah. And another French show called Lupin, L-U-P-I-N, which is the sort of like a detective-y Sherlock Holmes, but as a criminal kind of show. Oh, um, I recommend Lupin strongly, and I also recommend Call My Agent. And they're both out of Montreal? No, they're both out of France. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're real, really French. Um, and I think that the French look at the Montreal French people as well, isn't that adorable, but. Well, that's what I think Americans look to us as. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say the first time I went to Canada, I was like, oh, it's like diet America. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like, especially Toronto is like, you have these pretty flags, they're adorable, I guess. <laughs> and the streets are clean and the people are friendly and I feel safe. I get it, This I can see how this could be nice. I'm a little confused about certain things. Like I think put, put, poutine sounds like a dirty word, but it's actually enjoyable. <laughs> it's a dirty um, food. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, of course, Canadians, my experience with Canada and humor started, you know, we stole a lot of funny Canadians where they came here, like the whole the second series. Right. And, um, but even before that, so I wanted to do a documentary someday, one day, 
about Godspell, the oh. Toronto production, which was filled with all these famous people, Gilda Radner, um, I'm gonna Victor Garber, uh, Eugene Levy, oh, yeah. um, Martin Short, like all these amazing people were in that production. Um, and the music director was the guy who was the music director, Paul Schaefer. Um, and you know, it's 1972, 73, Canada, and all these people are unknowns. And then they, oh, they wow. all do this show and then Second City Television happens and Andrea, wow. yeah, like uh, amazing talent. Andrea Martin? Yes. Yeah. Super crazy. crazy. I didn't yeah. know that that's where all of those people came from. They're few yeah. people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So You anyway. know more about the Canadian oh. hater? Well, uh, I'm just, theater history than I do. I'm an entertainment and showbiz nerd, which is funny. That's why this podcast exists. Originally, I was encouraged to do a podcast. And I said, well, I'm a lawyer. I'll do this thing. Is that really legal? It sort of sounds funny. And I'll, I interviewed a couple of lawyers and I was like, I am bored. And people are <laughs> bored hearing this. I was like, I represent, I've been an actor, a producer, performer, and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I now represent many of these people and writers. I was like, I should have clients on and people I've always wanted to talk to on. And, and then I just, I talk about anything and everything. And yeah, yeah. that way the name has changed. To, is that really legal? Like, yeah, like, is this a <laughs> Exactly. And um, so I'm, if nothing else, I have fun and it's an excuse to talk to people, especially That's during. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I've had like, some incredible New York Times bestselling authors. I've had some out there performers. I even had one of my favorite journalists on. She right. has, uh, she works for the Hollywood Reporter and she has a uh, radio show on LA's public radio. Had her. So wow. if you got a chance, awesome. look, I, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, now, I, I looked through. And now you. And now me, so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you how uh, so is there tv or radio or what kind of work is there for actors in toronto and i understand you're saying and i'm moving to vancouver but that could be for a lot of reasons i mean you know first of all a dating pool could dry up or <laughs> you just like you're tired of seeing the same five streets that you always go down yeah know. that's right it's like a new the vancouver thing is just like a new experience i got it's, a new agent i got a new sort of New microphone. How may I ask how old you were? Is that uh, okay? right now? I'm 30. I'm 30. Right. So like that's such a great time. Like when you're 40, you anticipate it's less likely I'm gonna be this willing to swing out <laughs> right, to right. a different to city. Pack everything into two duffel bags. Right. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. So when you um, say you got a new agent. Is, is it a uh, worldwide agency? Is it just Vancouver based? Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, he had like the, the, it's in Vancouver. It's like partnered with a group in Toronto and there, there's like a sort of affiliate agency in LA. For people uh, who don't know, cause I also do this to educate yeah. some people, you know, a lot of times there's small agencies, especially in New York, there are some places that they just do theater. And, right, yeah. and and they're totally, pardon the pun, legit. They're great for theater people, but they don't have any ties. You know, if you're going to get any TV commercial, 
or film work, you're going to have to have a separate agent. Whereas some people who can do a lot more will sign with a, an agency or an, or an agency as an affiliate. So just throwing a name, you know, William Morris Endeavor, which is freaking huge. Um, you know, they have places literally all over the world. So if you sign with them, one of the reasons you sign with them is because you feel like you can get booked in many different places if that's appropriate. And it yeah. sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm doing. Um, I find that like, um, yeah, for the theater thing, it's, I thought, again, I don't sing well. So I'm, I'm pretty limited in my scope in, in how far I can go in theater, sort of. Um, and I'm, I'm more interested in, in, you know, the being in movies and TV. And like, I really, my goal forever has been to have my own sitcom. So, um, I also am aware that like I have sort of a like a quote unquote unique look, a unique style of acting, the sort of like when it's right, it's right. And when it's not exactly right, it's they're gonna find someone, they're gonna find someone else. I call you, I call it the orange crayon syndrome. I'm not the person <laughs> who originated this. I can't remember who did, but I you and I are very different types. You know, I'm 6'3". I'll just say you're not 6'3". Oh, wow. I'm not 6'3". <laughs> <laughs> um, we're both pretty Jewy looking, I'm just going right. to say. So that we got that. And we're both going to get cast in like urban things or, you know. That's right. Yeah. You know. But we're not, you and I are not up for romantic leads in general. No. And we're not going to be partnered at the end of the musical with the stunning Andrew, uh, Andrew, 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 excuse yeah. me. But there and you know like someone once said you want to audition for oklahoma i'm like nobody wants this six three jew walking around oklahoma i don't think it's going to work like you have to know what right. you're up for but you know a neil simon play i'm i'm two-thirds in because i've That's already right. got yeah. that mentality and same for you I, I think yeah i i i find me more than a lot of my like tall blonde stunning friends can see a script and be like i'm gonna get this or i'm not gonna get this like <laughs> But there's an advantage to that, you know, it's it, in a lot of businesses, not just show business, but, you know, people have this mistake that you should try to be for everyone. Like I'm the lawyer that everyone's going to use. That's absolutely insane. It's and, insane. And, and it's not actually productive. Like, um, yeah, and that's that is like a transition I've had to make in the last few years, actually starting sort of around the Stratford time. Mm -hmm. um, I was 25. Uh, when I did that. And oh, geez, it's I, been that long? Yeah, 2016, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, and, sorry. Uh, yeah, at that time, prior to that, I was trying to be all things for all people. I was trying to, uh, yeah, like, sort of in theater school. I think it's changed now, but when I was there, it was, it was like, your voice is a bit gay, you know, you're a bit effeminate, you're a bit short. Like, these things... The voice I can maybe do something about. I can't do something about my look, really, in any substantial way. And don't. Um, I mean, I, I think anyone who does that ends up, you know, with the Jennifer Grey sadness. You remember Jennifer <laughs> sure. Grey had no, this I like, don't know who that is. Okay, Jennifer Grey, who's Joel Grey's daughter, who was baby in Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. And she was this cute little magical Jewess with a great nose, for those of us <laughs> who like that sort of thing. And... Then she was in a couple of movies and she had that sort of like cute Jewish girl next door look. Then she got a nose job. I don't know oh. why. And, and she just looks like anybody. And well, it's like, right. 
and that's the end of a career. You know? It can be for sure. And and it's it's like definitely something that I struggle with. I struggle with like, should I get skinnier? Like, should I get jacked? Should I should I just go go to town and be that guy? But the, every every role I've ever had has been the like weirdo, has been and and again, it's the confidence of being like, yeah, this like uh the biggest movie, for example, I've ever been in, I was like a nerd in a dorm who like doesn't get the girl, but then does because he's kind of lovable, you know, like, and I went into that audition, like knowing that it was likely, you know, like not likely that I was going to get it, but like that I understood why I was being called in right. um, as opposed you... to, yeah, sorry, yeah, as opposed to like, if I got an audition for like, yeah, that like Jack, like for Spider-Man, I don't know. I would be like, I, it just wouldn't, it was just, I would always be fighting against what people see and sometimes that's great because we're breaking down sort of preconceived notions, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you just have to like go with what you are and yeah, like, be you... okay with that. The thing that makes you unique is the thing that makes you great. You know, go with that instead of trying to be all things for all people. I, I by the way, don't see you as especially effeminate. And I've got oh. plenty of gay friends who <laughs> easily make you seem like super Chuck Pylon kind of butch guy. So I don't know. Well, about I'm that. just the level of effeminate that I am, you know, wherever right. that is. But but what I think is, um, you know, would Peter Laurie think, would someone tell Peter Laurie you need to go work out? Like who wants to see a well, Jack exactly. Peter Laurie? <laughs> I'm not saying you're Peter Laurie. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a very, like Sidney Greenstreet, who was this really fat guy, um, in two of his greatest movies, Casablanca and Maltese Falcon, he's this fat guy, and nobody and, is not and, watching. And he him. was cast for it, right? We see, he's, we we see like a push now for to to celebrate the bigger bodies, the blacker bodies, the more female bodies, the trans bodies. We see this push in the media to embrace those things. Where I think that that is new, and even from when I graduated in two thousand thirteen, they were. I felt like to succeed in the business, I had to be less of what I am. How do you see that as changing now? Do you feel like you can be like, I'm gonna, I, I'm trying to, you know, not, I'm gonna audition for Boys in the Band, or I don't know, like, do you feel like, has anyone told you, do me a favor, Tal, could you butch it up for this? So, no, no one That's has great. ever told me that since I graduated for theater school, from theater school. I think and that we've come a long way, don't you? I, I, mean, I absolutely do. And I think that it like does a disservice, uh, and especially to women, to say you have to change to, you know, like so many of my female friends, gain 30 pounds or lose 20 pounds. You know, like be one or the other, don't be in the middle. But like, why? And also <laughs> that's not what I see on in movies and on TV. It's right. like this old notion from an old world. Um, and, and certainly, you know, you can pick up on a cop show and see the, the tall jacked guy and the thin woman and like, yeah, fine. I see that too. But that's not the interesting, that's not the stuff that interests me today um, right. in this. And it's also like not for me. That's not a role I'm going to get. I can get as jacked as I want. I am not going to play that part because that's not my lived experience my lived experience doesn't translate to being me being able to tell that story the stories i can tell 
are the ones that come from this body. I, I like that you talk about that because, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I studied acting in a very different way. I didn't go to school for acting, but I certainly took my fair share of a variety of acting classes. And I ultimately having, I'll call it surviving, reading a bunch of acting books and doing scene studies and Meisner and everything. I think ultimately, from my point of view, acting comes down to, I'm going to share pieces of me that I sort of reassemble into this person. But I don't think I can just pull something that's so alien from me. I'm not that, there are actors like that, I guess. There are transformational yeah. actors. It's not me. And I don't know if you're saying that's not you either. Well, that's what I'm saying. And and there are transformational actors, but and yet Meryl Streep and Al Pacino don't go into the same roles. Like, And yet there are limits to what we to the stories we can tell effectively and if we are in the business of storytelling and of being good, like doing right by the, by the characters we're portraying, which like I hope to be, then I have to, it has to come from like an honest place. And for me, an honest place, I don't know, has to come, has to start with me. Yeah. It has to be starting with, with my own subjectivity and not trying to be an objective thing. I do want to, before I forget, talk about the Stratford experience. Yeah. Because, and first of all, I don't know how many times I've said first of all, but um, to talk to you for just an hour seems ridiculous because it's flying by. So uh, I don't know that I'll get everything in that I wanted to talk about. But I, I'm hoping that some of my listeners are like, I want to be an actor. How did, you know, how does this work at all? And what was his journey and all, all of that sort of stuff? And what's it like to do repertory theater? Meaning, you know, you're in a company that does, you know, they're doing five shows at a time, like Stratford, they're literally doing at least four or five at a time, maybe more at different times of the season. You know, there'll be a couple of Shakespeare's, there'll be some kind of experimental, what the hell is that? There'll be a musical, <laughs> you know, sometimes they'll do a Gilbert and Sullivan because it's Canada, you know, so it's like, uh, so as you said, uh, the season I saw you, you were in Shakespeare in Love and the which. Was that specifically a kids show? It was, yeah. Stratford every year does a like a Schulich's children play. The Schulich family funds the children's play. So uh, that that season it was Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. For people who don't know anything about Stratford, I like to think of it as the national, or maybe in fact, the National Theater of Canada. They put the money, the energy. First of all, the theaters for the most part are fantastic. Um, they started out as tents, and now they're these beautiful right. BMS. Um, and I knew, I want to say her name is Elizabeth Copeman. I don't know how I pulled that off. She was the costumer there for many, many years. Okay. I became friends with her. I, I know, like, everyone and no one, and I don't remember how. <laughs> but I did a tour once of the main theater's um, costume department, where like they fabricate armor and they build shoes. It's crazy. For, like, so it's not just like throw on your own clothes. And um, they do amazing stuff there, right? The set builders, I mean, it is at the utmost top professional level. Completely. I, it's the only time I've ever worked in a theater where there wasn't a sense of scarcity around everything. You know, <laughs> most, most plays that I'm in, it's like, we would have two costumes, but we have to have one. We would have four actors, we have to have three. Like there's always a cut and you and sort of like it, it affects the room, it affects the art. I mean, just because of resources, right? Sure. But Stratford, like I have never worked with like 
yeah, like directors can snap their fingers and that team will make it happen. They have the money and the talent and they just, it's unbelievable what they can do. I've never, I, I didn't even, I saw, I've seen those plays, saw that resource, all those resources. And I, I, I still didn't put it all together of how, how, yeah, well-resourced Stratford is. Now, did you ever go to the festival before you were cast? Yes. So every Ontario school will have a, a trip to Stratford every year. So I, I had been going since I was young. Yeah. For people who don't know, some very famous people have performed there besides Tall. People like <laughs> William Shatner, Christopher Plummer, just to, to name yeah. a few. And they have killed it up there, um, doing some really great shows and doing great work there. Um, I think it's a place where the whole town loves the festival. You feel that, like there's a whole industry of bed and breakfasts in Stratford. Correct, yeah. It's, and it's crazy. It's a small little town in Ontario that has this humongous Shakespeare festival. It's so random. It's such a weird idea. Just because it's called Stratford. And, <laughs> and, and people from literally all over the world come there. I mean, Americans, yeah. obviously, but also English people and who knows from where. Um, like I said, the bed and breakfast, by the way, often amazing. I've had some of the best breakfasts of my life in Canada. <laughs> and, and the person that I last stayed at their bed and breakfast sold it. And now they have a cannabis store in Stratford. Oh, the actors will <laughs> love that. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's legal there, boys it and is. girls. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so was that the only season that you were Trafford so far? Yeah, that's yeah. I uh, haven't been back since. Um, is that a choice that do, have you looked to go back? Nothing's really been for you, or what's that? It, it goes back to this like casting question of like, yeah, in in. The, the scope of, of casting that I fit uh, and and how they... And the thing about Stratford is that you have to fit into multiple slots, right? Right, and you have so to do at least two shows. While you're you have there. to do at least two shows and and understudy and all of that. So I I sort of see where they're coming in terms of like... Um, I Yeah, like I when they cut... When it comes to like young guys, they want... Uh, the 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 spear carriers they want the like warriors for the war scenes they don't want this like random little Jewy kid <laughs> coming in. They also need it, you to it, do triple pirouette in the dance. Exactly, room. exactly. Until they do right. So that's the, the whole thing about this business is like they don't want you until they really want you. I, I it's very much a uh, sort of corollary of the hurry up and wait. Um, oh, even yeah. when you've even when you've made it, like you know, I once was doing a commercial. They wanted me there at six in the morning, okay? Because they're, so I'm there at six in the morning. I'm sitting just, and they're moving lights and they're doing stuff. And seriously, I don't think they used me until noon. But yeah, they no, want that, you that there. They want to know that they're there for their own peace of mind. <laughs> they want to know that like hair and makeup can go home. <laughs> like they want to know that that's done. Yeah, and it's just, you, you learn, I have a, had a very short window where I felt very important on that commercial when I landed it, it was really good, I made some money, and you know, they treated me great, and then I realized I was just another tiny piece of the puzzle, and I was just like cattle. It's like, yeah. I need this thing <laughs> called the actor, 
to come and do this thing for me and then they'll leave and we'll do this other thing. Right. I was not a star. I was just <laughs> a piece of meat. That's right. And, and, and it's weird how you have to calibrate your expectations and your uh, assumptions around different mediums, right? Because in theater, you go in and often you are part of that conversation and you are, it is creative in, in, in one sort of way. And then in a commercial, definitely not. They, they, they want, they cast you from the performance from that audition and that's what they want you to bring and nothing else. And <laughs> just do it TV, that way yeah. all the time. Just do it that way all the time. That's, they're buying the performance rather than the actor, right? Right. Um, yeah, so, and it is, it's a, it's a bit crazy on the mind, a mind F, because you have to like, yeah, calibrate when you're the star, when you're the not star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a, but as you know, it's good practice for being a human being too. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, you know, I know plenty of people who need in real life and they're not actors, but they need to learn they're not the star. And That's some right. people never learn that. To their and, it, and it's it's back to acting like it, it's crazy like on a film set like on theater like i said everything is scarce there's not a lot of resources blah blah blah, blah. but you do one day on, on a tv show there's craft services there's people making sure that you are where you need to be there's like handlers and it's really easy to fall into like oh, am i someone now <laughs> like <laughs> until they go cut okay you're released like Sign okay bye <laughs> yeah yeah and it was like we just had a handler because we don't trust actors to be there on time so we need to make hire a whole person to make sure the actor gets there but it's you true. feel really special for that afternoon or whatever right you don't it, it's sort of like you realize the dogs feel really special they got a new leash and collar they don't get like <laughs> they're possessed by this other thing that's really good yeah that's right <laughs> it takes me out all the time yeah because otherwise you'll crap in the apartment like that's yeah. all that it's all for themselves but <laughs> and if it's too yeah. expensive to cure you with the vet you know he's why is he crying <laughs> and, and scene oh my god that was dark You're that goes back to the time. dark the jewish dark humor <laughs> um so uh yeah so i've made a point um once i started to get the vibe of how i wanted the show to be then i started yeah. thinking especially with the black lives matter and other things that have been happening i was like i want to have voices on the show that don't get a lot of traction so i've had lots of women i've had lots of queer people and just wanted to so to, you know you've already said you've announced yourself as being gay and yeah i'm not right. you're i assume you're out of the <laughs> you're not closet. outing me no okay good and i could always cut it if you needed me to um was that what is that hard in canada like i have no sense like as a new yorker i feel like it's not as big a deal here as it is like in oklahoma but like there are some very i I don't know that it's very regional i you know who not like it may be family to family person to person so was that experience a a difficulty or fine or um I found it difficult. I find it difficult. Um, and yeah, I don't live in Oklahoma. Like, I'm sure it's worse than other places, right? Um, okay, and, and by I, the way, if you're in Oklahoma and you hate that, <laughs> make sure to write me at isthatreallylegal.com. There's a comment section. You can, you know, and tell, tell me us that I how got it ignorant we are about Oklahoma. Sure. But, anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so 
let's, uh, yeah. So I do think it is like person to, or yeah, family to family. I think that that's true anywhere that it's family to family. Um, again, like my parents, specifically my mom is from Morocco. So like it's illegal there. It's weird. It's strange there. So like I had that sort of, um, background coming into it. I, I think if you're asking about Canada as a whole, uh, it likes to it likes to pretend that it's beyond homophobia, beyond racism, beyond it all, because but. we're not as bad because we're not as bad as America. That's like our thing. That's what we like. But right. it is it obviously exists. It obviously exists. Homophobia, all of it. Uh, like not in the same way, and not. And I think it is getting better. Specifically, the gay thing is I think worldwide becoming more sort of. Uh, accepted or it feels like trans is the new frontier now trans is the new frontier yeah and like i do take like being part of the lgbtqis plus community as like a responsibility that like trans being the new frontier that is still my community that is still like i still like identify as a member of the lgbt community so and that, by the way on twitter where we've been friends yeah. on twitter since i met you you may not remember meeting me like i stopped you in the street after your show and was like i thought you were awesome uh, and you may have dismissed me because i was with a woman and you were like what's this guy doing <laughs> leave me alone um but and you may have also been like any other actor after a show just like god i need a beer or i need to go home or whatever <laughs> but from then we i'm pretty sure then i followed you on twitter yeah, and I you that you have, you know, you're a Black Lives Matter guy and you have as part of your identity there, um, you know, a rainbow flag situation. So yeah. I think it's not like you're in the closet at all. And I, I do get, you posted about some trans things too. I think it's interesting how prejudice shows up in so many different ways. And look, I, I know I have prejudices. I see it against, you know, I'm Jewish. Absolutely even though I say I'm not, but there are the good, the, the right way to be Jewish and the wrong way to be Jewish for yeah. me is like, oh, that guy's too Jewish. Or, you know, I right. go, or, or you go to some like synagogue and they're playing an organ and I'm like, well, this isn't a church. What the hell is going on? Uh -huh. I, you know, like, yeah, right, right, right. My, my brand of Judaism is, it's like the, it's the escalator thing. It's like, if you're walking up an escalator and people are standing, you're like, why aren't you moving? But when you're standing on an escalator and someone's moving, you're like, why are, just stop. <laughs> it, exactly. it is exactly that. So, you know, I have lesbian friends who were pissed at trans people before gay marriage was legal in America because it's like, well, they can get married and I can't. Oh. And, right. and I understand it, but I hope that we could all be in this together because I don't think it serves us to start infighting you know, Certainly not, like, between any two marginalized groups, between any groups, but uh, specifically marginalized groups, I, I think it doesn't serve gays and lesbians to hate each other. It doesn't serve uh, uh, us to not be accepting of trans. And I do of trans uh, brothers and sisters and siblings. And I do, I do see it, right? Um, especially, like, because, like, as a white gay man, I see in my fellow white gay men uh, a sort of like uh, a sort of like 
uh, we're oppressed because we're gay. We don't have to extend our hand backwards because white gay men do have more privileges than, than black trans women. We just know this. This is just for sure. And it's like our responsibility to like, as we get let into the door slowly, slowly, to keep the door open for the people that are that aren't haven't approached the precipice of the door yet, right? Like, sure, it's it's not our job to like close the door behind us because we're finally in. We finally got let in. We're finally cool now. So so we'll just hold on to it. And and I think that that is like the sort of uh, that exists within gay men that sort of dichotomy of like I have worked my whole life to be accepted and now I am and I'm done. Right. Fighting. What do you mean? What do you mean? I have to work for these people now. Jesus, yeah, yeah, when do yeah. I get a break? When do I get a break? And yeah, I mean, coming out of the like 80s of the AIDS crisis of like that generation of people, they fought, they freaking fought. Right. And um, yeah, having lived I, I, in New York in the 80s, I can right. tell you that like the people who forget what happened do so at their peril. You know, right. this sort of there are people who look back fondly on Ronald Reagan. I'm just going to be political for Love. a moment. I mean, holy shit, just watch that show and the band played on, okay? Uh-huh. I, I will not be able to express my upset at how much gay men were allowed to die because it was convenient or inconvenient. And we can and- see it. We can see it now. Like, if COVID was only killing trans people do you think the government would do any of this no we're not <laughs> I, I mean i'd like to think that you're wrong but uh yeah my experience i don't think the been... prior administration in oh, america <laughs> no 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 we, uh, yeah no not at all and in fact you know that's still the number uh, or percentage whatever it is of black trans women being murdered is just off the charts and, and i talk about that, it yeah. oh, i'm sorry go ahead well, also, like, I, I say, uh, like, if it was only affecting trans people, the government would, wouldn't do much. But it is disproportionately affecting Black people uh, and, and Black communities or, or pe- communities of color. Yeah, well, and, crowded, not a lot of money for certain things, working those jobs that nobody the essential thinks services, are, yeah, right. exactly. They're not essential exactly. until they are. Yeah, exactly. It's not essential to pay them to have sick days or to whatever, but it is essential that they're open. But God forbid they should unionize. Um, Well, exactly, exactly. All right, well, Um, this has been... This has been Tal and Eric's communist moment. No. Uh, we're, we're, we're not. We're just socialists. And by the way, I think people need to start being more comfortable saying socialism is okay. Um, I don't know how else to say it because the truth is, if you get social security or you want to get it, you're a socialist. If you have a fire department that you didn't pay directly to those people, you're oh a socialist. God, right. Do you like public education? You know, like there's this incredible um, misinformation, miseducation, brainwashing that's happened, again, since the Reagan years when they said, mm-hmm. oh, government's bad for you. Like what? Who, you know, the only people who government is bad for are the incredibly filthy rich, really. Right. The people who don't want to be regulated. All right. I, okay. Well, again, this has been tall and art socialist moment. <laughs> um, we're we're going to be wrapping it up soon. Um, and I know we're going to have to talk again because I barely scratched the surface. Um, do you, uh, 
have you been creating your own projects? Because sometimes people start to think, you know what, I'm just going to write my own thing and put it up. And, you know, do you have a group of friends that you're looking to create some projects with? Uh, yeah, I have um, I have this whole pandemic. I've been working with my friend, uh, Jenny Weiss. We've been writing like a, a play for young Jewish children. Um, uh, sort of like uh, inter... It, it is two paths cross of like a Holocaust survivor and a Syrian refugee and sort of like how those stories parallel each other and like sort of like what we owe each other sort of moral at the end. What, uh-huh. what do what, what do oppressed groups uh, owe each other? Um, so I've been working on that play um, uh, with my friend and I am, yeah working on a, like a little cartoon that I, that's not, I didn't create that. I've just been. Are you doing the voice that. for it? I'm doing the voice for it. Yeah. Can I know what it is or? Not yet. But okay. Well, you'll have soon. to let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how do people follow you uh, and get to know what you're up to? Uh, I'm Tal Shulman, T-A-L-S-H-U-L-M-A-N on everything. So are you, I know you're on Twitter. But I assume that you're on Instagram and whatever the kids. What are the kids doing? TikTok. Uh, I was on TikTok. I have like two videos on there. You can follow those if you want. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. I've reached the old guy point of like, no, TikTok is far from (laughs) me. You don't want to do the videos, the dance videos. Uh, I think if you see me, you'll say it's not my forte. I can see you. Thanks. Um, is there anything you wish we had talked about that we didn't? No, I mean, we do, I, as long as we got our communist corner in, I'm good. That's great. Well, Kyle <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Is that really you for having me. I, I'm thrilled that we got to talk. Yeah, me too. This is delightful. Thank you so much. That was Tal Shulman, and isn't he just lovely? And isn't he smart and funny? I'm sure he's going to work a lot. Um, you can check him out on social media, uh, you know, on his information. Also, you know, it's Pride. Go out there, see if you can catch the parade wherever you are, or any other festivities. Um, You know, if you're interested in socialism, I have absolutely no idea what you should do about it. But you should get involved in your local politics because that's where things really happen. Whether it's a school board or your state rep, you know, uh, that's where you suddenly see, oh, wow, I thought, you know, our rights were an automatic. And then you find out some crazy things are happening and you don't know it until it's all over. So get involved, you know, read a newspaper, watch a show, but don't do it just to get angry or, you know, jump on the chaos computer um, or the, you know, upset train, you know, educate yourself and meet like-minded people and see what information you can get and what action you can take to protect yourself and the people you love. Cause that's, you know, we're all in this together. So thanks for listening to Is That Really Legal with Eric Rubin. We will be here next week with another cool show. Um, Eat some Abe's muffins. Leave me a message at isthatreallylegal.com. Take care of yourself and other people. Be well. We'll talk to you soon.